This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. You're calling for your people to be aware of the importance of building a dwelling place for you. You're calling your people all over the world. The body of Christ has been sifted and washed and cleansed and 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 in order for your presence to be able to fill the temple. In order for your presence to be able to fill the temple again. We thank you for your message this morning about building a dwelling place for you. That Father, we would build a place. We would build a dwelling place for you in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, turn with me if you would to Acts chapter 7, the message that I believe that God wants to to pour upon our hearts is building a dwelling place for God. The importance of building a dwelling place for Him. Acts chapter 7 verse 48 to 49 says, The Most High does not dwell in temples made with man's hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne. And earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is my place of rest? What house will you build for me, says the Lord? What is my place of rest? Psalms 139 says, O Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You will understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 18 says, says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, o, toward me, O God. How great is the sum of them. This morning it's important for all of us to, to, to get a fresh revelation of how much God loves us. How much God longs for us. The old nature, the sin nature of man we have a tendency to walk and run away from God and we create all these crazy ideas that He's, he's a bad God, he's, a, he's an angry God, he's, a mean, he's, he's against us for what we've done, which in, from my experience and my understanding is completely false. God is not angry at us. God is not mad at us. But instead, He is doing everything He can to get a hold of us. God loves you. God loves me. And from the time that sin entered the world, from that moment forward, He began a process to reunite Himself with humanity again. Hallelujah. Genesis 2 and verse 7, it says, And the Lord, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Our very life existence is the breath of God Himself. <laughs> you can't get much closer than that. 
God breathed into humanity Himself. We read on, it says in verse 17, God, God warns man not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that they did that, they would die. We all know the story. They ate of the tree, and man physically did not die, but the breath of life, the Zoe life of God left man. Why? Because God cannot be where there is sin. Sin and God do not go hand in hand. So the Spirit of God left him. And from that moment on, the process to restore, to restore that life back to humanity began. It began with the law of Moses in the Old Testament, as God began to reveal to man, not laws and regulations, but in the Ten Commandments, we see a revealing of the sinful nature of man that separates us from God. And from the Ten Commandments, then God begins to build the tabernacle of Moses. And we see here, it says in Exodus 25, verse 8 and 9, it says, And let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Everyone say, God wants to be among us. God wants to dwell among us. Everyone say, God wants to dwell among us. He said, and let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all I will show you. This is the pattern. In Acts 7 and verse 44, it says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness as he had appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. And we ought to cut a long story short. We know that in the tabernacle, we had the outer court. We had the inner, inner court. We had the holy place. We had the most holy. But in the most, it was in the most holy place, in the Ark of the Covenant, that the presence of God was restored back to humanity again. And as we move forward into the New Testament, we see a shift happen where God no longer lives in tents made by man's hands. God no longer lives in a, a, a house made of wood, but in God lives in a house that He made the body of humanity. First Corinthians 10, verse Corinthians verse 6 and verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Everyone say, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You were brought for a price. Everyone say a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. John chapter 3 and verse 16, we see, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the life of God left them. When Jesus came and died on that cross, the life of God was restored 
back to them. And this morning, in the short amount of time that we have here today, God is crying out for His body and His people all over this planet. He's calling and crying out for His people that we would understand that our bodies are the temple of the living God. Our bodies are a dwelling place. Where is His resting place? Does He find rest in your heart? Does He find rest in your life? Does He find that place that He made in you? Does He find it? Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. But where is the place that you will build me? God created this tent, this as the tabernacle where He wants to live and He wants to dwell inside of you and inside of me. You say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't need to know what I've done. But the precious blood of Jesus washes me and cleanses me. It washes you and cleanses you and makes you completely free again. And the, this world needs to see not just a church that reaches the needy and the poor. Not just a church that does good things. Not just a church that teaches good ideas. But a church that is filled with the glory and the presence of a living God. Because it's in the glory. It's in the glory. It's in the glory. It's in the presence of God. Where, where a revelation comes to the truth of, that He is real. That there is a God. We didn't come from monkeys. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I was 16 years of age. 16 years of age. And right up until 16, my whole life was focused around sports. I was a very good athlete. R rugby and cricket were the, the sports I was really good at. And I thought that's what I would do for the, the rest of my days on this earth. And so I was focused on it. One day, like overnight... God took that desire out of my heart and He placed in me a desire to, to, to know Him. I grew up in the church. I had seen the things that God does. I had heard about the things He does. But I discovered there's a difference between seeing what He does, hearing about what He does, and knowing Him personally. And so like overnight... There's this, this burden comes upon me as a 16-year-old boy to begin to seek God. And so I put all that aside and I would spend hours and hours just crying out to God, God, I don't want to just know about you. I've seen the things you do. I've heard of the things you do. But I want to know you personally. Are you real? Are you who you say you are? Are you really there? How we know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And one day, one day, as I was in this moment crying out to God, His presence filled the room and I fell on my face I was, and I began to just weep and weep and weep, like just weep and weep and weep. I don't know how long I was in this moment, many hours in His presence as waves it was, and waves of His presence would just overwhelm me. And, it was, and I felt this electrical current just come right. It was as if I'd put my finger into a light socket and ele ele electricity was moving all through me. It was something supernatural and it literally changed my life. And all I can tell you is this, is that the young man that stood up after this moment was different from the man who went down. And all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was 
was tell the world about Jesus. All I wanted to do was to tell my friends about Jesus, neighbors about Jesus. God is real. God is alive. We didn't come from monkeys. Woo! A phenomenal revelation. You say, well, you know, that's what we're taught at school with these crazy thoughts and ideas. And so it was, a, it was just this incredible, overwhelming freedom. All the weights and all the cares that I've ever had, all the hurts, all the insecurities, gone in my life. And all I wanted to do is to tell everyone about it. In my bedroom alone with God, I was like a roaring lion. Nothing could stop me. No, I was bold as bold as could be. Nothing could hold me back. Nothing could stop me. But every time I would step out to share my faith with others, this incredible fear gripped me. In my room alone, in the presence of God, freedom, boldness, clarity, accuracy, focus. I saw thousands come to know Jesus. But every time I would step out to share my faith with anybody, this incredible fear just gripped me. In my bedroom alone, I was like a roaring lion. When I would step out, I was like a little skinny kitty cat. The ugliest, scrawniest cat you've ever found in your life. You say, why? Well, why? It was because as a young boy, I grew up with, with this impediment in my speech. I couldn't speak at all. I couldn't speak. I c- 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 couldn't speak. I stuttered. And so my fear was that when I would come and talk with anyone, this thing would overtake me and I couldn't get it out. So that fear, I was fearful of what they would think of me. How I overcame my fear. You want to know how I overcame it? And we go all over the globe. We've seen hundreds and we've seen thousands come to know Jesus. How? The more time I spent in His presence, the more He filled me with His love for people. Until one day, (laughs) His love in me for people became stronger than my fear of what anyone would think if I just couldn't get it out. People meant more to me than my own pride or self or whatever. What holds you back today? There is an awakening, an awakening, and awakening in the body God wants to bring. <laughs> but it all is not about rules and regulations. It's not about how good the music is or how bad the music. not about the lighting. It's not about the building. It's not about how much we do here and there. There is an awakening that the Father wants to bring to the body in this house and in every single gathering of people on this planet. There's a, an awakening to the presence of God that He wants to bring. And His goal is that His body would be filled with His glory from the youngest to the oldest, from the shortest to the tallest, from the most talented to the not so most talented. God's goal is that the world would see His glory again before Jesus returns to take His place on this earth.
what holds us back? It's there. Every part, it is there. He's done what needs, everything that needed to be done has been done. What hinders us? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. As we close today, turn with me to 2 Corinthians. And it says here in in chapter 6, verse 11, it says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. It says you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. The first thing that hinders us as the body of Christ. So many of us live in the outer court. Listen, so many of us in the body of Christ, we live in the outer court when we were made to live in the holy of holies. And, 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 and what hinders us, firstly, is our affections. What hindered the church at Corinth is the same thing that hinders us. It is our affections. What has our heart? What consumes our heart? Does God consume our heart or does dancing with the stars consume our heart? Does God fill our heart or does the NFL fill our heart? Does God fill our heart or or our music fill our heart? Does God fill our heart or somebody else fills our heart? What are our affections? What's your affections? Will you love me? Do you love me, my child? Do you love me more than silver or gold? And will you run to me? Will you come to me, my love? I'm calling you. Our affections, number one. Number two, let's read on. It says, You're restricted by by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak openly to you also. He says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship is righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial. Many of us in the body of Christ, God wants us to be in the world, but not of it. We all know this. Many of us, the world, we're in it, but the, and the system and the culture of the world has influenced our hearts so much that we think we are doing, we are in the world and we're not of it, but we're actually of it. And because we're of it, the decisions and the choices that we make are so influenced by the world because we haven't got enough of this washing within our lives because we haven't spent enough time in the presence where His presence cleanses us. This is what withholds His glory and the manifestation to the fullness of what He wants in this house and every other house. And so all of us need to take inventory we are carriers of the glory. And if the glory is, has waned, if the glory is not to the fullest of what you and I need, we all need to take inventory and say, where are our affections at? Number two, are we unequally yoked in some way? Is there something we're watching? Something we're doing? The words that we're speaking? The life we're living in? How we love one another? What is, is the world still in us? We cannot have the glory and be unequally yoked. Everyone say, it's time to change. Say, it's time to change. 
Let's read on. It says, In verse 15, And what accord has Christ with Belial, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? This is the temple. We are the temple. And maybe we've allowed idols to come into our lives. Maybe hidden in our hearts there are idols that we've allowed to be higher, to be worshipped more than God. Just maybe. Today's the day where His Spirit is here to wash, to cleanse, to call us to repentance, that we would manifest His glory in a powerful way in this house, in this city, in this community. What holds us back? Our affections. Number two, being unequally yoked. Number three, idols. Let's read on. It says in verse 16, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God. Everyone say, I, He will dwell with us and in us. He will walk among us. He will be our God, and we will be His people. So what do we need to do? It says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and, I shall, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. Therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Today is the day. In this short amount of time we have together, in His presence. How many can feel something here today? His presence. There's something tangible. It's tangible. Let's all stand together, please. As we sing this song, it's in you that I live. It's in you that I breathe. It's in you that I have my everything. Over and over, we're going to sing that. Can I have the band and everyone back? Today, we're going to open this altar up. It may be your affections have not been where they need to be. Maybe you've been unequally yoked. You know in your heart there's, there's an unequal yokeness, and the Holy Spirit will reveal it. The Holy Ghost will reveal it in love, not in judgment, in love. And maybe you're here today and there's idols in your life. It's time to come back again. It's time. And so if that's you today, forget anyone else around you. Let's make an altar here today where we sacrifice and lay down those things in our lives that would try to hold us bound because the presence of God is looking to fill you, <laughs> that your marriage will never be the same, that your community, your next door neighbor will never be the same. He wants to use us, every single person here. He wants to manifest His presence and His glory through us in, in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the schoolhouse, in the government house. This is what the Spirit of God wants to do, but we must build an, a, a dwelling place for Him.
and allow that presence to move. It's in you that I live, in you that I breathe, in you that I have my everything, in you If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.